your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 747 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers just wrapping up just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, a thrilling 4-3 home victory against the Minnesota Wild in a shootout, a game in which the Rangers did not lead a single time. They were down 2 to nothing after the first period, came back and tied it. They were down 3-2 to uh, fairly late into the third period, came back and tied it. Uh, had a chance to maybe win it in the overtime, had a power play opportunity, and mostly controlled the play in the overtime. They mostly controlled the play for pretty much the entire night, I thought, save for maybe the first you know, 12 or 13 minutes of the third period. Uh, Rangers did not capitalize on overtime, but they found a way to get it done in the shootout. And uh, just a very, very exciting win, very satisfying win to see the Rangers uh, skating so hard all night. Gerard Gallant was talking about uh, the Ranger performance during his post-game presser just a minute ago, and he mentioned that, uh, you know, he felt like the Rangers uh, deserved to win this game. And I would agree. I, I thought for the most part, the Rangers were the better team. And in fact, that's something that I'm going to talk about uh, in this episode. Why I felt, even though the Rangers were down 2 nothing after the first period, that they were still in good shape, or as good a shape as you can be in when you're down by two goals after the first period. I, I still felt pretty good about this game, and like there was a decent chance that the Rangers could come back and win it. We're also going to uh, talk about the overtime and the shootout, because obviously, you know, high intensity and a lot of tension, and the Rangers, of course, uh, find a way to get get it done there and get the two points here against the Minnesota Wild. Going to give some big-time props to Adam Fox and Keandre Miller. I thought they were both absolutely fantastic in this game. Also going to talk about the injuries to Kreider and Gauthier. I'm going to keep an eye on Twitter. Uh, like I said, it is after the game as I'm, uh, you know, recording this. And so if there's any updates, anything definitive one way or the other, or, uh, you know, they actually specify what the injuries are, then we will go ahead and uh, update you guys on that. Fingers crossed, obviously, that uh, it's not serious for either player. Uh, but by the way, while we're talking about that, that is something that makes this win all the more impressive. Uh, they lost Gautier early. Gautier only got uh, two shifts, less than two minutes of ice time. And the result of that was the Rangers having to play with 11 forwards the rest of the night. And then Kreider goes down midway through the third period. So at that point, you're down to 10 forwards the rest of the way, and everybody's playing with everybody, and it's all discombobulated. You know, there was a situation where Panarin was out there uh, with Brodzinski and somebody else who he wouldn't normally be out there with. I'm, I'm forgetting who it was right now, uh, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Also want to get to some thoughts on Ryan Reeves and his uh, pregame comments. And uh, yeah, just pretty much break everything down that happened in this game between the Rangers and the Wild here. Uh, before we get into the overtime and that shootout, just a quick uh, mention that the only lineup change was Johnny Brodzinski subbing into the lineup in place of Sammy Blay, and of course that bumps Barkley Goodrow off of fourth line center to fourth line left wing. But let's get to the really good stuff here, uh, namely the overtime and the shootout. Just go right to the big finish. Uh, overtime, as we've mentioned, the Rangers have had their struggles this season. For a team with as many talented players as they have and guys that can take advantage of that extra real estate that is afforded you when you're playing three versus three hockey and the fact that they have Igor Shesterkin, who, you know, you need your goalie to be big big time in three-on-three -three overtime because naturally, with that much more ice 
space out there, you're going to be facing more shots, and you're going to have to probably save the game at least once or twice uh, if your team is to get the win in overtime. So the Rangers seem to be built for overtime, uh, but just three and seven in games that have gone past regulation this season, and two and five in the three on three overtime. But now three and five, or no, rather uh, four and seven overall. They didn't win it in the three on three; they won it in the shootout. So four and seven overall now in games that have gone past regulation are the New York Rangers. But I want to talk about the overtime, and then we'll go to the shootout and uh, kind of detail everything that happened there and how the Rangers uh, got this win. But you start overtime, I think probably what would have happened here if Kreider had been available is he would have had Mika, Kreider, and Fox. He had Mika and Fox, uh, but they actually go with Capo Kako, which I like. I thought Capo Kako had a really nice game for himself. Like I said earlier, I have no idea how that Mika, Kreider, Kako Line did not put one in the net before this one was all said and done. I, I thought they played really well. Uh, a couple of instances where, you know, probably there were situations where the Rangers passed where they should have shot. I mean, if there was one nitpick from this game from the Rangers as a whole, that was probably it. A, a couple too many opportunities where maybe they were trying to pass the puck into the net. And Kako, for sure, uh, gave up a couple of really good scoring chances uh, instead passing. And Mika Zibanejad did the same thing. Uh, tried to force a pass to Chris Kreider. But, you know, like I said, uh, Kako loves seeing him get the start here in the overtime period. That hopefully signifies that he is earning the trust of Gerard Gallant because, I mean, he could have gone with pretty much anybody here in place of Chris Kreider. But he goes with Capo Kako. And he actually helped the Rangers did Kako uh, get control of the faceoff? There was a little bit of a tie-up uh, once the puck was dropped, and Kako got it back to Adam Fox and let them control it. And the Rangers, man, they, they possessed the puck for pretty much the entire overtime period, or that's what it felt like, at least. Uh, they did a great job there. Uh, you had Miller, Panarin, and Trocek. That was the next trio that was on the ice. Uh, Miller was, or excuse me, Panarin, with some really nice work in the offensive zone, uh, did a great job uh, fighting for the puck and allowing the Rangers once again to maintain possession. Uh, didn't really lead to uh, a great scoring opportunity, but still a nice job by Panarin there, uh, making sure that the Rangers kept possession of the puck. It kind of reminded me of uh, the game against the Devils that the Rangers won in overtime when Panarin, same spot on the ice, you know, same side of the ice and along the boards there on the right side, uh, Panarin fought for the puck and then dropped it back to Heedle. And then Heedle, of course, shot and scored and got the overtime game winner. But uh, that was back in the game against the Devils. And this is tonight here against the... Uh, the wild and you know I mean again it didn't lead to any scoring opportunities but it's nice to see Panarin put in that kind of an effort there big play by Braden Schneider in the overtime as well uh, you had Boldy driving to the net for the wild one of the only opportunities that they had to score in the overtime period but Schneider got in his way and put a big hip check on him knocked him off the puck and uh you know Igor you know the puck slid toward the net and Igor able to play it out of harm's way but then you have Mika Zibanejad nearly spurring Philip Hedl on a breakaway. Couldn't quite connect there, but the Wild are called for too many men on the ice, which seems like a little bit of a ticky-tack call. I mean, there, there's some gray area in the overtime because, you know, guys, again, there's so much open space out there, and guys, you know, they'll be skating off the ice, and other people will be jumping on. Seemed a little bit ticky-tack, but the Rangers got the power play opportunity. They have the four-on-three, and they, of course, go with Trocek, Mika, Panarin, and Fox. I would imagine in the past in overtime when this has happened, they've gone with Kreider rather than Trocek, but of course Kreider was unavailable and so many scoring opportunities here. And that was kind of a theme uh, really for the Ranger power play on the night. I thought that even though the Rangers didn't score on their two early power play opportunities, they had a ton of scoring opportunities, a lot of good passes. Again, the one nitpick you can have from this game is that maybe a few too many passes when they should have been shooting, uh, but that is uh, a pretty big nitpick for sure. I mean, 
you know, Fox, he, he made a great play. The, the Wild were about to clear the puck, and uh, he knocks it down at the blue line, is able to keep the play alive. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Panarin takes a shot. Save was made. There was a scramble. Uh, Trocek just missed, bearing the rebound flurry. Really made a nice save there. Like I said, the Rangers pretty much did everything except score, uh, not just on this power play, but really all their power plays on the night. They went 0-3. I can't get too mad at them, though, because, again, the, the scoring chances were there. In some cases, some bad luck. In other cases, Flurry robbing them, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, sometimes the puck just doesn't go into the net, and I think that's the case here. But bottom line, Rangers unable to score on the power play, unable to score in overtime. And so we go to the always edge of your seat and always polarizing shootout. I know there's mixed feelings on the shootout, and I know there's people that feel like it's a little too gimmicky and, you know, maybe that's not the best way to determine a winner and maybe you could just even go back to having ties. But I'll be honest, guys. I do not want to see a game like this. This was an awesome game. You know, back and forth the entire way. Really competitive. I thought the Rangers played their tails off. I need some finality. I don't want to see a game like this and in a tie. I want somebody to win, and I want somebody to lose. And I think you know, the compromise is that once the game goes into overtime, both teams get a point, and then whoever ends up winning it gets that all-important second point. I, I think it's fine the way it is, and I really wouldn't make any changes uh, to this formula. Obviously, in the playoffs— the shootout has no place. That that cannot be used to determine the winner of a Stanley Cup playoff game. But I, I don't think they would ever uh, go down that road anyway. So nothing to worry about there. But as for the shootout in this game here tonight, after a brief detour of, uh, you know, debating the uh, the merits of the shootout, we'll talk about the shootout itself. Uh, Capo Caco leads things off for the Rangers. They've kind of been using him in the shootout in this role. They kind of have him shoot first more often than not. You know Mika's going to go. You know Panarin's going to go. And there's been kind of some conjecture over the past couple of seasons of who the third shootout guy could be. But they go with Kako here. He's three for nine in his uh, career in the shootout and got a little lucky here. You know, he went slightly to his right, went in, and I couldn't tell. I thought maybe he went with the changeup against Flurry, but no, nah, he, he kind of just lost control of the puck. Uh, but it bounced on Flurry a little bit, and he was a little bit out of sorts, and it got through him, went into the net, and uh, the Rangers score here. Uh, you know, Capo Caco converting, lucky or unlucky, or what, whatever the case might be here. He was able to uh, to make it happen here and give the Rangers the lead. Zuccarello uh, for the Wild. He, of course, scored the go-ahead goal for the Wild in this game. And he's 30 for 66 in his career in the shootout. You know what? You know how this goes. We're, we're Ranger fans. First of all, Zuccarello is lethal in shootouts. Secondly, we know we always get victimized by our former players. So naturally, he goes in up the left side, slows down, scores through the five hole. And so it's one to one. Uh, Mikas Avanajad, 28 of 64 for his career. Uh, he was not able to score, went up the left side, kind of moved across the crease, stopped by Flurry. Full extension skate save by Flurry. I didn't realize what a good save this was until I saw the replay, but he really robbed Mika there. And then Kaprizov, 6 for 11 in his career, 4 for 4 this season. And I think he almost tried to surprise Igor by not really doing anything too fancy. Just tried to flip the puck into the net. Igor got his glove on it, knocked it down. And so we go to the third round. Panarin, 22 of 35 in his career, goes wide up the right side, uh, gets Flurry to go down to the ice, and goes with kind of a rising backhand shot, roofs it. Uh, looks like it went just underneath the crossbar, but I mean, Panarin is so good and as cool as the other side of the pillow when it comes to these shootouts, you just, you feel like he's going to score every opportunity he gets, uh, when it comes to the shootout. And obviously nobody does that, but with Panarin, uh, when he scores goals like this in the shootout, he can make you believe that like this guy will never miss in a shootout. But, uh, that was awesome. Gave them the lead. You've got chance of Igor just booming throughout Madison square garden. Uh, Gaudreau gets his opportunity. He's three for six in his career. 
goes slow up the right side, back in, and I think Igor got a little piece of it, but it went wide of the net, and either way, uh, the Rangers win. Just a fantastic win for this team, sticking with it all night, you know, trailing for pretty much the entire game, other than a couple of uh, instances where it was tied. Never led in this game, found a way to get the job done against a very good Minnesota Wild team, and uh, get out of there with two points and bounce back very nicely from a disappointing loss to the New Jersey Devils. But, you know, we're just scratching the surface here. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the stuff with Ryan Reeves. I want to, uh, once again, give some props to uh, Adam Fox and Keandre Miller. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. Uh, but first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. And if you guys will bear with me for just a second here, I will bring up uh, what I need here. So betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and hockey, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, we also have a very special announcement for everyone that is a fan of this New York Ranger team and might be thinking about going to some games this season. Attention New York. With so many exciting hockey matchups scheduled for January, there is no better way to start 2023 than by cheering on the New York Rangers at the Garden. Start off the new year with Rangers hockey. Lots of games left to be played. Be there to cheer on the Rangers with your fellow blue shirts. Bring the passion and energy because after all, it is the fans that make it a true home ice advantage. There is no experience like watching a game at the world's most famous arena. You need to be here to experience this Ranger team in person. Get tickets now at NewYorkRangers.com slash locked on. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And so, like I said, I want to go ahead, kind of shift the attention a little bit to Adam Fox and Keandre Miller, your first and second stars of the game, respectively. I thought both these guys were just absolutely phenomenal in this game. Uh, Keandre Miller, uh, for starters, he's out there for 25 minutes and three seconds of ice time. Second on the team, only two, of course. Surprise, surprise. Adam Fox. Uh, Miller ends up with a goal, an assist. He was a plus two, three shots on goal, three hits. And I figure we might as well go ahead and uh, start with the goal that he scored just 237 into the second period. I thought the Rangers really played a nice first period, and we're going to elaborate on that more, um, you know, a little bit later in the episode. But they were even better in the second period. And Keandre Miller here with a much-needed goal for this team, getting them back into it on the scoreboard, you know, still down by two goals despite playing well. Um, but basically what happens— so the Wild have the puck. They're trying to, you know, hold the blue line. Jimmy Vesey is there, and a great, great play by Jimmy Vesey here who continues uh, his strong play for this Ranger team. He pokes the puck away and into the neutral zone. And Keandre Miller, credit to him for reading the play immediately. He just explodes up the ice, gets to the puck first, despite, you know, a couple players in the Wild, honestly, at least as close to the puck as Miller was and, and maybe even closer. But uh, his speed and his strength were both on display here because as he picks up the puck, you know, the Wild, they're trying to chase him down, and he basically just, like, boxes them out, you know, just does not let them get there, uses his his big frame to prevent, uh, you know, the the player on the Wild from uh, getting back 
knocking him off balance or getting the puck away from him or anything like that. And then he builds up some speed, and he goes in and uh, just scores an awesome goal on the breakaway here, gets the Rangers back into it, cuts the Minnesota lead to just 2-1. to one. And not too long after this, you know, Miller scores the goal here. This is a play that, you know, may not make quite as many highlight reels, but a great defensive play. Uh, the Wild, pretty much out of nowhere, had uh, kind of a little bit of a late developing three-on-one, uh, but Miller's in the center of the ice and stands his ground and then is able to poke the puck away uh, from the oncoming Minnesota Wild player. And uh, just a really nice play there. Three-on-one, you know, that's dangerous. And, you know, Minnesota scores there. Who knows what happens the rest of the way in this game. Uh, but Keandre Miller, a, a great job there. He was kind of a man on the island, uh, you know, back, the only Ranger back and in position to defend here. And a great job poking the puck away and preventing a uh, scoring opportunity. And something else about Keandre Miller, you know, we're always as Ranger fans and, and just any hockey fans, really. There, there's certain things that catch you by surprise and other things, you know, don't really surprise you that much. There's something, they're somewhat expected. Keandre Miller to start this season, I was ready for him to be on the verge of superstardom. And we've now done, what is this, 747 episodes of, of Locked on New York Rangers? I don't think I've ever been as surprised by anything in the history of this show as much as I was surprised by Keandre Miller's Really rough start to this season. I mean, you watch what he did last year. The second half of the season, really the whole season, but he just got better and better and better as the year went on. And then in the playoffs, I mean, he was absolutely outstanding. There was that clip of John Cooper, you know, during the uh, the handshake with the lightning, telling him, man, you're, you're a hell of a player and you're going to be something special. And then Miller just, to start the season, like, I, I still don't know what was going on. He just uh, could not find his game, seemed to be lacking a lot of confidence. And man, just a complete 180. I mean, the last... I don't know how many games you want to go back, but I would say at least 15 games, probably more. Uh, Keandre Miller looks like the player that it seemed like he was developing into last season. And once again, I think this guy is on the verge of superstardom. So it's just awesome to see him do this 180, turn his season around, and uh, be a big-time reason why the Rangers are hot right now and why they're on this uh, you know recent run that they're on, um, you know, from winning seven in a row— right before the holiday break and, and pretty much carrying it over past the holiday break as well. Uh, Keandre Miller has been a big reason for the Rangers success. Uh, Adam Fox, man, Fox, I mentioned in our recent episode, we did kind of um, awards for the Rangers for the first half of the season. And I was trying to figure out who the team MVP was. And I went with Adam Fox. I saw at least one comment that said, ah, it's still Igor Shesterkin. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but Adam Fox, man, th this guy just brings it every single night. You know, he, he's always engaged in the game. And in this game, in this one tonight, he was playing every shift like his life depended on it. I mean, just uh, ridiculous with the puck, defended very well uh, as well. He scored a goal that tied the game at 2-2. Two to two. Yeah, Jacob Truba uh, making a nice play to uh, pin Zuccarello to the boards in the uh, Rangers zone. And then that allows Adam Fox to step in there, steal the puck, Go in on a two-on-one. Now, Adam Fox is up the right side here. And on a night where a couple of Rangers tried to force some passes that weren't necessarily there, instead of shooting it, Fox did the exact opposite. He could have tried to force a pass to his left to Vincent Trocek. Probably wouldn't have gotten there. The defenseman was uh, in position and probably would have broken up the pass had Fox attempted to make it. So instead, uh, Fox just snaps off a wicked shot, you know, just out of nowhere, and uh, hits the far post, goes into the net, ties the game at... Two to two. So uh, the Rangers tie it there. And then early in the third period, we're going to get back to Adam Fox in just a second, but I'm going to set the stage here by talking about uh, the go ahead goal by Matt Zuccarello for the Minnesota Wild. So 
Uh, really just a fluky goal. You know, Zuccarello carries the puck over the blue line, takes a shot from kind of near the boards. It hits Igor right in the glove. It bounces straight into the air. And as this puck is in the air, I'm just thinking, oh, no. You could just see it coming. You could tell that it was going to, you know, drop to the ice and probably trickle into the net. And that's exactly what happened. But I will say it was really nice to see the Rangers uh, answer back here and pick up Igor Shesterkin. Every now and then, you know, the Rangers need to pick up their goalie. And, and they do do that every once in a while. But, uh, you know, the last however many years, four years now with Igor Shesterkin, he saved their bacon more times than we could possibly count. And so it's nice to see the Rangers get him back here after he allows a softy uh, to rediscover their game because the Rangers did struggle a little bit to start the third period and end up with the game-tying goal. And that leads us to uh, another fantastic play by Adam Fox. But really, uh, it wasn't just Adam Fox. I thought all five Rangers on the ice here had a big-time hand in the Rangers tying this game. So you had uh, Fox and Miller were out there together, and uh, Heedle, Goudreau, and Vizi. And if that line sounds kind of random, once again, keep in mind, at this point in the game, no Kreider, no Gautier. So everything's all mixed up. I mean, I guess Heedle and Vizi have mostly been playing together, but... Uh, obviously, you know, the, the lines were all over the place for the Rangers, but uh, just awesome pressure here. They would not stop. I swear this puck must have been in the wild zone for at least a minute and a half. Uh, VZ made a great play to deny a clearing attempt. Uh, and then you have Fox going in deep. He's driving to the net from the left side. Uh, he went kind of past the goal line, making it look like he might go around back behind the net. Instead, uh, he got Flurry out of position, and then he just kind of slips the puck into the crease, uh, for somebody to hopefully stuff at home. VZ was there, and so too was Philip Heedle, and Heedle was able to uh, get his stick on it, knock it into the net, tie the game at 3-3, three to three, and basically a mosh pit after the goal was scored. Uh, you know, big get-together, a lot of pushing and shoving, um, but, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers had tied the game there. Phenomenal play by Adam Fox getting to the net. Great job by Philip Heedle cleaning it up, and uh, that set the stage for the uh, shootout heroics for the New York Rangers. But, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I wanted to talk about, uh, once again, the first period and why I still thought that the Rangers had a good chance to win this game uh, once the first period was over, and we will do that in just a second. All right, so first period for the Rangers. Again, and I alluded to this, talked about this briefly in various other points of this episode, but, man, the Rangers came out flying tonight, and they really never stopped. I mean, the Wild got a good push at the start of the third period, again, I would say probably the first 12 or 13 minutes of the third belonged to the Minnesota Wild. But other than that chunk of the game, I thought the Rangers uh, pretty much had the better of play. And look, when the Wild took control for a little while there, they're a good team. I don't think that the Rangers did anything egregiously terrible during that stretch, but they were awesome. Came out flying in this game. Uh, everybody up and down the lineup pretty much looked good. And, you know, I thought both the goals that the Wild scored were kind of like the out-of-nowhere variety. You know, the Merrill goal for sure. He kind of just threw the puck at the net, and Igor was screened and couldn't make the save. And then uh, I will say the Rangers should have defended a little bit better on the goal by Kaprizov. You know, the Wild just kind of had a rush up the ice, and there wasn't too much resistance by the Rangers there. But Kaprizov's really good, and he obviously made it happen. Uh, but besides that, you know, first period, I saw the Rangers. I saw a team that was, you know, fighting for pucks, uh, skating hard, um, creating a lot of traffic in front of Marc-Andre Fleury, which is something that uh, they could stand to do more of going forward, just creating a lot of havoc in the crease. Uh, they drew a couple penalties, and they hit the post a bunch of times too. Uh, a lot of really good scoring opportunities for the Rangers in the first period where luck was just not on their side. Uh, the first power play opportunity that they had 
Uh, you had Kako with a great cross-ice pass to Filipito. Hito with a shot from the right circle. Uh, Flurry got a piece of it, and it deflected in kind of a weird direction and missed the post by could have been more than an inch or two. So the Rangers uh, just missed taking a one to nothing lead there. Uh, then you've got another opportunity for the Rangers on the power play. Um, Kako splits a pair of defenders and goes to the net, and that results in Matt Zuccarello taking a penalty. That's what put the Rangers on the power play. Um, but you've got a situation where they work the puck back to Adam Fox, do the Rangers, and he brings it off the post. And it was funny because somebody in the arena uh, pretty much hit the lights, you know, for the, the lights that, you know, shine all over the ice uh, whenever a goal is scored by the Rangers. Um, but it was no goal. And so the Rangers, by a combined amount of maybe like three or four inches, do not have a goal when three or four inches was the only thing standing between them and possibly being up two to nothing at this point. And then a little bit later in the first period as well, you had Vincent Trocek uh, setting up Kravtsov for a chance in deep. Kravtsov tried to go five hole, you know, kind of a sneaky shot there, tried to bat in the rebound when it popped up into the air, couldn't do it. Vincent Trocek got to the rebound. He chipped it over Flurry and it hits the post and stays out. So the Rangers, I, I mean, I'm not very big on like the luck-o-meter and the deserve-to-win-o-meter. You know, I, I'm kind of old school like that, I guess. I think you kind of create your own luck and all that good stuff. Um, but in this case of this game here tonight, the first period specifically, it was impossible not to notice um, just how much the luck was working against the Rangers in the first 20 minutes. And to be fair, uh, the Wild had a couple of posts themselves. So, I mean, hey, maybe if they put one or two of those pucks into the net, uh, maybe they end up winning the game too. There was one in particular that really stood out. It was when the Wild were up 3-2 uh, to two in the third period, and you had uh, Erickson Eck going in, and he played the puck between his own two legs and tried to just flip it into the net, and it hit off the post on the far side. So uh, he had a great opportunity there, and Igor was beat on that one. Uh, great opportunity uh, and a great move by Erickson Eck there. Um, but the Rangers, uh, fortunately, get a little bit of a break, and it hits the post. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think as far as luck is concerned, it, it was probably about even once this one was finally all said and done. I think you got to look to the power play that the Rangers got in overtime, which was kind of lucky. It was kind of gift-wrapped to them and maybe shouldn't have even been a penalty in the first place. Uh, but like I said, it was very, very difficult not to notice uh, how, what bad luck the Rangers had in the first period of this game. The first period ended, and I'm thinking, like, how in the world are the Rangers down two to nothing right now. It just made no sense. It just pretty much uh, boggled my mind, but there we were. Uh, but for all the reasons that I just mentioned, it's why I had a lot of hope that the Rangers could get back into this game and hopefully eventually win it. Um, as far as, you know, the injuries to Gautier and Chris Kreider, I'm on Twitter here, and if you guys will just bear with me for a second, I'm just going to do a quick scroll here and uh, keep talking and just see if uh, there are any you know, updates here. I'm not seeing anything definitive. I didn't see anything before I hit record. I'm not really seeing anything now. Also entirely possible that the Rangers don't know, uh, you know, if, if Kreider and Gautier are going to be good to go for the next game. But obviously, fingers crossed that they don't miss any time. And if they do, you know, maybe just a game, two games at the at the absolute most. Um, but, you know, Gautier took a big hit from Ryan Reeves. It's also a very clean hit. Reeves obviously making his return to Madison Square Garden. But I didn't even think that it was the hit from Reeves that injured him. Uh, when Gautier took the hit, you know, he went flying backwards because, you know, it's Ryan Reeves and he'll, he'll put a big hit on you. But he kind of bounced off of Duhame, uh kind of in an awkward way. And I, 
I'm no doctor, and I have no way of knowing this for sure, but just seeing how awkward it was, the way he bounced off of uh, Duhaim, Duheim, however you say it, um, it looked to me like that might have been the instance where he actually sustained the injury, whatever the injury is, upper body injury. We don't know anything beyond that. And then uh, Kreider, midway through the third period, was favoring his arm on the bench, and he had to leave, and he never came back. So again, fingers crossed that those two do not miss any time. And as far as what's going to happen if, if they're both out, I mean, we will see. I, I think if they're both out, the Rangers are going to have to uh, call somebody up because, you know, if they're both out and you put Sammy Blay back into the lineup, that still leaves you with just 11 forwards, unless you go with seven defensemen. But I got to imagine the Rangers would make some kind of move, call somebody back up uh, to the NHL roster from the Wolfpack, but we shall see. And then the only other thing that I wanted to talk about here today was just touch upon uh, the Ryan Reeves stuff in the pregame. Uh, for starters, Ryan Reeves, you know, he got during the game, uh, a video tribute on the big screen and, you know, a good hand from the crowd. He waved to the crowd, got some stick taps from his former Ranger teammates. Uh, but Reeves, you know, he, he was talking about everything before the game and he mentioned that he did not ask for a trade per se. And I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but I guess if you listen to Reeves, he kind of went to Chris Drury when he was a healthy scratch, you know, game after game after game and kind of wanted to know, you know, what's the deal here? Is there still kind of a role for me? I want to keep playing in this league after this year, and I'm not going to be able to do it if I never see the ice. Uh, and so when Drury uh, had a trade in the works, uh, apparently Reeves, you know, went to Drury and, and kind of said, you know, okay, yeah, make it happen. I, I would like for that to happen. Uh, Reeves said he's happy in Minnesota. Um, but he also said that, you know, the communication wasn't necessarily the best between him and the Rangers. And I've said before, I, I don't think that Reeves needed to be a healthy scratch as often as he was. There's nothing wrong with him being a healthy scratch from time to time. But, you know, when Revo was uh, a healthy scratch for this team, you know, Carpenter's out there for, for a lot of games and Sammy Blaze out there for every game. It's like, is there any really good reason why Ryan Reeves needs to be a healthy scratch in like eight out of nine games or whatever it ended up being? So that was kind of disappointing. But um, the trade probably needed to happen. Like we've mentioned in the past, Rangers wanted to open up some cap space and uh, the trade of Ryan Reeves allowed them to accomplish exactly that. So uh, we'll see, you know, obviously there's always two sides to every story and I'm not sure if we'll ever know exactly what happened behind the scenes here, but it was just kind of interesting to see uh, or hear the perspective from Ryan Reeves. And as far as Reeves, like getting into a fight in this game, he said something before the game, like I might, you know, take on two guys at the same time or, or something along those lines. I think that's just Reeves being Reeves. He's having some fun with it. Uh, maybe even playing the, the mind games a little bit with his former teammates. I did not expect Ryan Reeves to get into a fight in this game to begin with. He was on this team not too long ago. I don't think there's anybody that really matches up with Ryan Reeves as far as somebody that would drop the gloves with him. And I don't think Ryan Reeves is going to, like, force Vitaly off to fight him. You know, just just my thoughts on this. But, um, yeah, I, I just didn't really see it happening. Unless this turned into, like, a really nasty, ugly game and somebody on the Rangers, you know, did something questionable and then maybe Reeves would go after them later in the game. Just did not think that that would happen. Honestly, I figured there, there was a better chance that Reeves would end up with a goal in this game than there was that he would fight somebody. And he actually did end up with a uh, secondary assist on the Kaprizov goal. But, yeah, good to see Reeves back. Good to see that he's happy with the Minnesota Wild. And uh, good to see that uh, he didn't fight anybody on the Rangers because uh, anybody that fights Ryan Reeves is always going to be the underdog. So I don't think any Ranger fans wanted to see Ryan Reeves uh, dropping the glove in this game here tonight. But... You know, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. This is a really fun episode, really exciting win uh, for this New York Ranger team. 
Um, but yeah, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.